When you're presented with the choice of spending thousands of pounds or dollars on Facebook ads, sprinting on the content creation treadmill, or choosing the road less traveled as an ACE podcast guest, how could you know which path is right for you? Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast that helps coaches, consultants, and speakers grow influence and income with podcasts. My name is John Ball, and my mission is to give you, as a professional business coach, speaker, or owner, all you need to build professional influence and grow your following with podcasts so that you can have a thriving business and create raving fans. I first encountered Christine Ammerman on LinkedIn. I saw her profile heading saying that she was the queen of podcast guesting, and I knew I had to find out more. I reached out very quickly and we managed to connect, but it took a while before we got to have a proper chat. In the meantime, I heard her being interviewed by my good friend Kevin Schmidlin at Grow the Show, and I was so impressed by how she showed up as a podcast guest that I doubled and renewed my efforts to get to speak to Christine ASAP and set up an interview. And I'm so glad I did. We hit it off really, really well. Christine is going to share with us why her years of media experience led her to podcast guesting as a marketing strategy and why she went on to start her own show, Podcast Guesting for Profit. We'll also see what's the difference between showing up and really showing up. Also, should you be starting your own podcast sooner than later? And also we're going to find out how podcasting and podcast guesting specifically can save you time in your business. And most importantly, why quality trumps quantity every single time. If you are not already subscribed to the show, now's a great time to do that. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just press the plus button on this episode to follow the show. If you're on a different podcast service, whatever, just press whatever you need to press to follow the show there and don't miss any upcoming episodes. But right now, prick up your ears and let's get into this episode of Podfluence. Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches and professional speakers who want to build audience and authority through podcasts. Here's your host, international coach and speaker, John Ball. Christine, welcome to Podfluence. It's really great to have you on the show. Thank you for coming and joining me today. I'm so excited, John. Thank you. One of the main reasons that I've been very excited about speaking to you is because you are probably, at least at the moment, one of the undisputed queens of podcast guesting. In fact, you say this in, in your profile. I don't think there's anyone out there to argue that point with you just at the moment, but you are definitely someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to being on podcasts and what that can really do for you. Oh, thank you so much. It's weird. People started calling me that. So it's it's weird to have that in my profile. And also I'm honored because I want to help more people get their voices out there. And I think most of us don't know how to do it. As you said, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe at some point I'll be able to give you a bit of a run for your money. I will grab the tiara. I, I have no issues with that whatsoever. But but right now, right now, I'm going to bow, bow to your expertise and really want to be able to share that with people who are tuning in to think, well, why would I be looking at doing podcasts and why would I be wanting to be a podcast guest? How's that going to help me? And I know this, this is something you talk about. In fact, I saw something you posted recently. And I think you talked about it on your show as well about how podcast guesting can actually save you time in your business. And when people think it's going to, oh, it's going to take so much time, I have to do all these things. How on earth can it save people time? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. So I'm with you in that when I started doing this, it felt like an add-on, right, to everything else that I was doing to hopefully get clients, fingers crossed, check that email, right? And what I have found is that for those of us who really enjoy conversations, like I know you're one of these people because I've gotten to have conversations outside of this and I've listened to other episodes of the podcast, it can be the source for all of your content creation. So instead of having to sit down and, you know, feel like you're grinding out posts, whether that's on a day-to-day -day basis because you don't like a content calendar, which you're not alone, there's nothing wrong with you, or whether you are planning ahead of time. If your best stuff comes out in conversation because that's where you have the most fun, then 
when you have any number of episodes that you've appeared on as a guest, you're sitting on months worth of content that you could repurpose piece by piece and never have to create a piece of content from scratch ever again. And I think that's probably one of the most underutilized things about podcast guesting. I think that's something I want to come back to a bit later on when we <laughs> when we chat as well. Because before that, I think someone who maybe glances at your LinkedIn profile, for example, might think that you have come to prominence through being a podcast guest. But I mean, you've been successful before that. You've had businesses before becoming the queen of podcasting. So, uh, so just to tell us a little bit about your your journey into this like what what came before and what made you think oh this is a good thing to be doing yeah so 23 years in media now 24 24 math media not math okay and the theme has always been storytelling so i've been a professor and i've been a broadcaster and broadcast some of the biggest events in the world like the Olympics. And I've also sat across from people who were terrified to be on camera and got them to open up to make documentaries. And I love people's stories and I love helping them progress in those stories. So that then it turned into running a marketing agency where I was working with small businesses, helping them tell their stories online, running ads, doing social media websites, all of that turned into helping folks quit their jobs, start their own businesses, because that was a skill set that I had. And while I was doing that, I discovered that my favorite way of, of attracting clients was, it turns out, not shouting into the void of Facebook groups or right. wasting money running up credit card bills on ads to things that I had been taught by coaches. It was having these types of conversations. And so I began to study how I could just do that <laughs> and not all of the other stuff that I felt like was sucking my soul, but that is most of what's being preached. At least what was coming across my feed and in my circles in terms of how to grow an online business. I've certainly been as a coach trying to create content on all these different platforms and I would say probably even when I'd started the podcast, we're still trying to do all of that on top of it. And I think a lot of people are going to look at it and think, well, you know, well, am I going to drop all of that and just do this? Or am I going to just you know, try and do all of it still and fill up my day even more than it already is? What, um, what really is a path forward here to make this effective? And why would I think that I'm going to get results from this when I hardly know anybody potentially who has done that before? Yeah. Oh, it's such a good question. I think part of it is realizing that while it might feel like a lot of what you and I talk about all the time, podcast guesting, I feel is still very much a best kept secret. Like it might be a shiny object for a lot of people, but very few people are doing it well, as yeah. you discuss right? It is a skill that is separate from being able to have a coffee chat with somebody. It's a different context, right? And most people aren't willing to put in the work to learn it. At the same time, you can learn it as you go. If you have the values of being of service, of wanting to collaborate versus compete, and I think that just like anything that you're putting into your business that's new, there is going to be some overlap, right? Yeah. There's going to be a wind down, a sun setting, fill in the metaphor, and a ramp up. But I think part of it is just, and this is where I love to live, it's the way my brain is wired, being willing to play in the possibility that it could be something a whole lot more fun than sliding into people's DMs and being scared of what response you're going to get because they don't oh, want you I there. love you said that. <laughs> I love that you said that. And, and I'll tell you why, because I, I, I've, I have been in programs, I've, and I've talked about this when I've been a guest on other shows as well, mainly, but I have been in programs to learn marketing techniques, as a lot of coaches do, because 
I don't know how many coaches you work with, Christine, but most coaches suck at sales and marketing. They just want to coach. And I get that. And I've been there. I've been one of them as well. But you go on these programs, you think, well, I may not love it, but I have to do it. And they teach you stuff like going and adding friends and sending random messages out. Stuff like that. I hate getting that stuff through myself. Why would I want to do that to other people when I know what's going on? And I think people are also very quickly becoming more sophisticated about this stuff to ver to know pretty much straight away, oh, you have no intention of being my friend. You want to sell me something. 100%. Oh my gosh. It's so transparent. And yet, I think because it's a replicable system that's easy to teach, and apparently if you send enough, eventually it works for some people, it keeps getting perpetuated. And I think there are a lot of us that are almost like holding out our finger over the and closing our eyes and turning away when we push like, because we don't want to do it. But we're like, yeah. oh, in order, like you said, coaches love to coach, right? Speakers love to speak. We love these things. So we feel like, well, this is the trade off in order for us to be able to keep doing what we love. Okay. And I think we're, I think we're evolving beyond that. I think so too. I think so too. Uh, and if I if I liked that kind of approach, I would have stayed in network marketing and probably had some success with it, which I never did. So <laughs> that was a long time ago, long time ago. For you, where did you first see that there might be an opportunity with podcasts? Like, were you a guest first? Did you start a show? Or what, what what happened there to think? Oh, this would be a good thing to do. Yeah, my my entry to podcasting is probably very unique in that I recorded my first interview as a guest from a hospital labor and delivery triage bed, eight months pregnant, hooked up to all the things, being additionally monitored because I was double high risk. And I obviously hadn't planned on being in that bed when I had scheduled the interview, but they had determined that everything was okay and I had to hang out there for a while. So I said, to the nurse, could you turn off all the beeps and give me 20 minutes? And I got a, okay, crazy pregnant lady type of look. But you know, you don't want to piss off an eight months pregnant, high risk pregnant lady. So, so she did what I said. And in that context, I loved it. I loved the conversation from that bed and just found it very energy giving, even in that situation where I was highly anxious. And so that was a clue to my brain that this is maybe something I wanted to be proactive about because it had been something I had been procrastinating on doing. I had felt an interest in it. This was six and a half years ago. I'd felt an interest. I even had at that time a one sheet downloaded, just you know, sitting in my downloads folder and sitting in the back of my brain. And I was too intimidated to do anything with it even though I have a background in media. So if you're intimidated, hello, you're not the only one. Yeah. And it wasn't until I had the gift of that experience of loving it that I was like, okay, now this is worth me getting over my procrastination and being proactive to then go and choose shows that I think could be fun and interesting and potentially like help me with my business. But I was on over a hundred podcasts before I ever started my own. And I now have a podcast and my suspicions were true that it is as much work as starting another business, right? And so, yeah. you know, I had, I had edited my own documentaries for television before, like I knew what was involved. And so I think that's part of why I waited so long because I was like, I'm not going to do this until I can find a way to make it fun and sustainable. So I was a guest. Yeah. Figure that out first. People often ask me what what I would do differently on my journey. And that's that's the one thing that I say. I probably would not have started a show before being a guest. I, I think it for me, it would have been better to do it the other way around. For most people who are doing this in a professional capacity to promote themselves and the business, I still think that's the better way to do it. Although I there are things that I would say there are certain points where people if they if they're really dialed in with their message if they're really good at media appearances 
if they know their way around editing or they have the team to support with all of that, then then maybe it's not such a bad idea to start with your own show. But most people probably need a bit of time to figure out how to talk about stuff. What what was that experience like for you? Like, did did you just naturally know how to talk about what you do and what you wanted to be there on shows for, or, or was that a bit of an evolution? I think I made a whole lot of mistakes. And I think I was excited and just got a lot of energy and joy from having these conversations and a new platform and connecting with new people and kind of rediscovering that because I had been writing like for Huffington Post and Thrive Global and places like that as in an attempt to generate leads previously. So that can be pretty lonely, you know, sure. <laughs> me and my laptop. And so I think it really started as a, a passion, joy activity. I, I really didn't know until people started telling me that what I was doing was different. And I kind of knew that some people had, had found me through podcasts because they told me that I know I didn't, it took me years to put the pieces together. I mean, years. I was just out there like, this is fun. I don't know. Seems like something I want to be proactive about because I like it. Right. And and that was that was where I played for a long time. <laughs> and I think that's super important. And, and I love that you said you made a lot of mistakes. I know I have on my journey as well, but you made a lot of mistakes and you're still here. And I think this is what people worry about. It's like, oh, I'm going to make mistakes and that's going to mess everything up. And then, you know, we're not going to be able to c carry on with it or people aren't going to take it seriously either. No, you kind of have to do that. Like most of life, you have to do that. You have to go through those stages of figuring stuff out for yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and I think we're terrified that people are going to see us as a failure. We're going to see ourselves as a failure, like all of those things. Right. So we, we stop ourselves before we have the chance to succeed. And I think that's one thing that just in the short time I've known you, I really admire because you are able to and practice doing multiple things. You're playing with different things, right? Yeah, While you're, true. you're building over here, you're you know executing over here. And I think that you did a rebrand, you're experimenting, you're beta testing. It's my beautiful friends across the pond say. And so I, I think that's the work, you know, and, and that the stuff that nobody tells you when you see the ad, that's like, this one thing that I said made me six figures. Okay. Well, it took them 20 years to figure that out, you know, and that that's now they can package it nicely. Right. So how, how willing are you to experiment to figure things out along the way? I was inspired somewhat this morning and I don't know if you follow a guy called Jeremy Enns who he's in podcasting world as well but I was inspired by him a little bit this morning because of seeing a post from him where he had really talked about having had a newsletter for two years before he actually figured out how to make it work and I think well yeah I've had my newsletter for just over a year and I know that I'm still figuring out how to make it work but I keep doing it same with podcasting I've been podcasting for three three years now over three years I'm still figuring stuff out. I'm still finding stuff out, learning new things, learning from other people in the industry and from courses and programs. It is definitely a journey of evolution. How long though did it take for you in podcasting to start seeing some professional results come from that? I would say within the first six months, I, I saw significant like at that time, growth of my email list and people reaching out to me to where I was like, oh, people are listening, right? I didn't have my own podcast, remember? So I wasn't privy to any numbers, anything behind the scenes. But I think that that number also allows for the life cycle of a podcast, right? where you might do outreach pitch to somebody and you might get a yes and get scheduled. Then you record and that thing gets edited. Then it gets released. A lot of times that's multiple months, right? Yeah. Everybody's different. But 
I would say in terms of like money and clients coming in within that first six months. And then also some really cool collaborations started to happen really early as well as a result of the connections that I had made with the hosts. Yeah, that's very cool. One thing that I'm particularly curious of, I think one of the reasons why I do a lot of what I do is because I think it's very possible to go on stages as a speaker, to go on podcasts as a guest, or even to have your own podcast and not build up a following. Because I think a lot of people make this mistake of you just have got to show up and do it. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> it's like a yes, and there's a bit more as well. What for you are the things that perhaps made a difference that other people maybe just weren't doing? that you were that you were doing that were getting you some getting you some results and some feedback hindsight's 2020 right yeah i think number one is that i really put time and energy into choosing which podcast i was going to reach out to and into the pitch that i sent them like nobody has ever gotten a pitch from me that said hey fill in the blank name Here's my expertise. Here's my bio. Here's my media sheet. What do you think? Want to hook this up? Right? And I, there was intention behind every pitch that I sent that also meant there was time and energy. Right? And so by the time I got a yes and got on to record with a host, there was already a relationship established there because I had created one in the freaking pitch. So it wasn't a like, let's see, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like John. Let's see what happens today. But if I don't, it's fine because I have 10 more interviews today. Right. It was like, this is somebody I think that I want to be friends with. And if they feel the same way, let's have a first date and call it a podcast interview, you know. And and then I think that that desire that energy like translated into the interview because they knew I wasn't just there to grab their audience and pitch myself and then I think I always did my best to have something free to give away at the end that would hopefully be useful to people if they liked me and that would kind of help people determine if they didn't like me okay cool she's not for me like on to the next thing but being myself in the whole process allowed me to come across it exactly like I come across with my clients. Like that took practice, right? But there is no Christine puts on speaker hat, delivers keynote while host is bored AF and hopes for the best so that she can be herself with her clients. It's like, this is me, this is me, this is me. And how do I translate that to the, the practicalities of the pitch, of the interview, of the out, call to action, the follow-up of all the things? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it really does. And where where were you finding those shows? And, and what were the criteria that you were choosing for was other than do I think we have something in common here what what criteria were you selecting those shows on I started with people that were somewhere in my periphery so it was like my coach's coach had a podcast that was the very first one that I had pitched and I had heard her on other shows because I was like genuinely interested in who this human was and so I knew about her podcast and I was like, wow, wouldn't it be cool? The podcast is no longer active. Wouldn't it be cool if I could go on this podcast? So it was, it was pretty natural, right? And at the time, we didn't have a lot of the same. <laughs> so I was like, back in my day, we didn't have what you hear today. You have. Um, well, things, things progressed so quickly. So, I mean, back in my day, it could just be a couple of years ago, you know, considering how things changed, but. Exactly, exactly. So I found like the Apple podcast search to be like quite clunky and cumbersome. And so I was essentially looking and we still do this today. Pro tip, I was looking at, okay, one podcast that I identified as like ideal, right? So at that time, I was helping people quit their jobs, helping them identify what they wanted to do and start an online business with that. So it was a lot of like business type of shows 
right? But I would find that one, like my coach's coach, and then I would look on Apple and I would look other places and see, well, what's related to this? What's recommended? Listeners also subscribe to like it really is pretty simple as opposed to going, what are the top 10 shows in business in the world? I think that would be a good idea for my first podcast. Don't do that. No, no, don't, don't, don't fly too high on your, on your first outing for sure. <laughs> it's, it's some pretty sound advice. So, so it's very much a, a quality over quantity approach to what you do. And I, I know that that I do feel is a common error, a common mistake, mm. one that I have made multiple times. And I've talked openly about having gone on shows that I should never have gone on. But, but on the other hand, I got some good experience. I got interview experience. I got practiced in what I was doing and talking about. So they still helped me. But they probably didn't help me as much as I, in the way I would have really liked, which was professionally and generating clients and, and business for me as well. And so that kind of intentionality, the strategic approach that you took made a big difference to what you saw come back from that as well. How about though, in terms of how you show up on mm. those interviews, what's different perhaps about you and how you show up as an interviewee? than what a lot of other people are doing. Mm. Well, I think you and I have this in common, which is probably why we're fast friends. I do the things that that I've heard you talk about. I listen. I do some light internet stalking ahead of time. If I've done the research to decide that this is a show I want to invest in pitching and appearing on potentially, if they say yes, then I've already found some things that we have in common. I've already listened. I've already learned a little bit about that person. And if it was somebody who reached out to me, then I've done the same thing, right? Like I listen to episodes ahead of time. I look at what they talk about, how they talk about it. Listen, pay attention to what they're building because I, I understand, and I think this is the fundamental difference between the best guests and everybody else. I have a deep appreciation for how much work it is and how hard it is to build your own podcast, your own platform of any kind. And most people don't, or they just have never learned it. And so, I'm showing up with a desire to help that host as much as I know they're inherently going to be helping me just by nature of them having me onto their podcast. Like, I'm not doing them a favor, you know, and they're, they're gifting me a huge gift. And so how do I show some reciprocity and turn it into something that that is a long-term relationship instead of just this one-time interaction that you and I have yeah that then gets shared to this audience that you've so loyally built is that specific enough absolutely i i first became somewhat aware of you online before i'd ever thought heard you speak and that's through some mutual connections in the podcast world and then I followed you and I reached out pretty quick as well. And we, and we kind of connected and we've been virtually connected for a while, but you know, it's more recently that we actually got to, to speak and, and chat. And, and my desire to do so turned out even more after hearing you on Kevin Smithlin's podcast. And, and one of the, I was just so impressed by how, how you showed up as a guest on that, that I think so many people just don't show up having checked anything out or or done any work or taken a look or have any kind of prep and it's fair enough if you want a style of show that is going in blind and just like this is a get to know you like we've never met and we've met, just met for the first time and I have no idea who you are but most people aren't bringing up people onto their shows who they have no idea who they are and yet they're coming on and having these well what you what you're having to spend a whole load of time listening to is a little get to know you session well whilst we meet each other and and figure a few things out rather than 
just getting into what people probably actually want to hear from you in the conversation. That's my take on it anyway. I'm not saying anyone else is wrong with what they do. You do your show your way. But I loved how you showed up as a guest on Kevin's show because one of the things I heard that I don't think I had ever heard from a guest on a show that I've listened to before was you referencing particular episodes of his show to be able to illustrate some of the things that you were talking about. And I'm thinking that is such a gift to a podcast host. That was, uh, was just a beautifully done thing. And, and I was so impressed. I'm thinking that is something that I want to emulate from you. It's like that was a wonderful thing to bring with you on the show. And it was it felt very much like you were there to give. I mean, it was very clear. You, I'm here to give. I'm here to serve. And that was why I was even more excited then to come and say, I really need you to come and be on Podfluence. I really have to chat to you. Did you just start to figure that that, that stuff was valuable as you went along? Or was it a pretty early realization of the best ways to help people like that? Ooh, thank you. Thank you for that. Seriously. No, I honestly mean it. I was super impressed. Thank you. Thank you. I think it came out of this desire to connect. Like I love connecting with people and I know how many times I've experienced, like we were talking about earlier, people sliding into the DMs. Not even, I mean, there are people who send me messages with my profile branded queen of podcast guesting. And they will say, have you ever thought about being a guest on podcasts? Hmm. Like, could you do any less research on me? It, it, it's, it's in my, t it's in my name. You know what I mean? So, so I think that kind of thing, I'm just like, ew. Yeah. I want nothing to do with that type of business. I am in business because I love to get to work with people I enjoy and I love to share energy with. And I have been in, you know, nine to five environments where the opposite of that was true to the point where I thought I was an introvert. And because I, I didn't like any of the people I was around. And my parents were like, you are, do you remember who you were when you were five? You were fearless. You would talk to, you know, some big grown up. You are not an introvert. And I was like, yes, I am. And like, so, but, but for me, it was more, it was a reaction, right? And it wasn't until I started like finding these ways where I could truly be myself that I was like, oh yeah, I should get energy from people. It's just not all people, right? So this is not a judgment around introversion or extroversion. You can have a successful business no matter how you're wired. It was just that for me, I really wanted to connect with these people and to me, doing doing some research, I mean, it's not unlike internet dating, right? If you're going to show up and talk to somebody, probably going to try to figure out some stuff about them first, right? If you're going to invest the time to have that that conversation, and I think what's what's easier, so it's what's happening in the industry, is just this, like you said, it's a quantity approach is just a, how many podcasts can I be on? And hopefully the bigger, the better. It's not at all about the relationship building. Yeah. And I think I, I, I guess I figured out along the way, like I just thought everybody did this. Right. And it wasn't a business. It was just me trying to do what I thought was the best way to do it. And then it, it turned into something else. That's a, in my experience, there's a fair mix in podcasting, I do think the majority of podcasters, people with their own shows, are very relationship-focused mm -hmm. people for the most part. There are certainly some who are, this is a business, this is a transactional kind of thing. And I have tended to steer clear of that. I'm not a fan of it. But, you know, there's always going to be some transactional elements because you know, it's, it's, there's giving and taking and there's mutual benefits and things like that. But... I don't really ideally just want to have those situations where it's like it's a one and done, like you show up and well, never get, we're never going to speak again. We're never going to hear from each other again. It, so many more people in podcasting professionally are all about relationships. And, and I think people do care about that. And that, that is what they 
want to hear. So I have I have discovered that I care a lot more about people from getting into podcasts. I was like, I didn't care about people before, but I I've just found that this has been such a great way to really relate to people and connect with lots of amazing people you do find your tribe and when you do that that's kind of magical you know i've had that experience in other parts of my life as well where you find your people and then you want to be around them which i think is relates to what you were saying there yeah yeah definitely and it i mean it takes some effort right i'm i wouldn't say i'm the greatest at doing that like in real life right? Like finding adult friends in real life. But online, man, I got friends everywhere, right? And I think that this is one of the best ways to do it because it does create such a natural opportunity when you create a conversation that goes both ways, right? To get to know the host and for the host to get to know you. And you and I have been behind the scenes of some pretty big businesses, right? Like, You've gotten to see the way that that things work. And I think there's there's so much value in that because just like being a guest a lot, you can sort of notice, okay, I didn't like how they did that. Oh my gosh, I loved how they did that, right? And and inform what you do going forward. And if you have your own podcast, what you want to do with that and how you want to play. I I do think my personal feeling for the most part is that the vast majority of people are still showing up as guests on podcasts without doing much in terms of preparation and often not even the bare minimum. I I would say the bare minimum is to at least know, to at least know what show you're going on and who you're going to be speaking to. (laughs) (laughs) But there are people who are showing up for recordings without really even knowing that. And the, the, that is the attitude of well i'm here to talk about me what do i what do i need to do in terms of research this is about me you're going to be asking me questions about me why do i need to know anything about you and i that is really the antithesis of relationship building is that you probably are not going to want to greatly stay in touch with someone who doesn't show any interest in who you are or what you're doing my my mentor and friend chris ducker who's has a successful podcast himself will say many times why would i want anyone on my podcast who has never listened to the show and doesn't care about it why would i have them as a guest on my show is like yeah i i get that i'm not quite as adamant as chris about that it's like if i find, think someone has value for the for, for a conversation with me and that's going to provide value to my audience and be beneficial to talk to I'm probably going to overlook. It's like you don't have to be a fan of Podfluence. It's fine, but but please do come on the show. But when somebody shows up that they're actually prepared and they thought about stuff, or they ask you questions, they show something of an interest in in you and and what your show's about. That makes the world a difference. And and to me, that's one of the things that perhaps makes you more stand out. And hopefully we'll see we'll see more people, especially as you're someone who's now out there teaching people how to do this. Hopefully we'll start to see more and more people doing this a better way, the right way. Who are the people who you are particularly helping in doing this and why? Why why those particular people? What benefits are they getting out of being on podcasts? You know, it's interesting we are known for helping people with ROI. So like going on podcasts in order to grow your business. So a lot of people come to us, coaches, speakers, consultants who have high ticket services, and they want to be able to have these powerful conversations that then bring people into their world, right? That then bring people in as clients and all of these other there are like 20 ways that we've identified that ourselves and our clients can monetize like a single podcast interview. What What's interesting about it is that we only work with people who share our values. Like we're application only. We only work with people who are really, you might call them heart-centered or mission-driven or really, really passionate about the work that they do and are willing to learn the skill of of being this great guest. I talk to people every single week 
who want to work with us because of the results that we can help people get, but we turn them down because we know we can't help them get the results because all they want us to do is put them on a podcast, place them on a podcast. How big of a podcast can you get me on? How many podcasts can you get me on? My answer is none. Go find someone else. I can make you a referral. People who can just do that. But I am so firmly of the belief that like you and I both obviously have businesses. We have experience in sales, right? Yeah. If if we're on a chat talking about how we haven't made any sales or gotten any clients in a while, we're like, man, you know, I had like 50 sales calls this month and I didn't sign any clients. Like, would you tell me, cool, keep doing what you're doing. Just, just, it's a numbers game. Like go, go have 50 more sales calls next month. Or would you be like, maybe you need to figure out what's going on with these sales calls, Christine. Like yeah. it's the same thing with podcast guesting. I'll talk to people who are like, I've been on 30 shows. I've been on 50 shows and on a hundred podcasts. I'm an amazing guest. I'm like, Okay, cool. How's how's that working for you? Well, I haven't seen any I haven't seen any results for my business. Okay, cool. We can help you with that. No, no, I don't need help. I'm a great guest. Didn't you hear me? I'm a great guest. I just I just need to go on more podcasts. Right. So can you yeah. do that for me? Right. And so there's this disconnect. And the irony is you gotta be willing to go in open as opposed to attached. Like the reason our clients attract these clients that stick around forever and pay them all this money and stuff is because they didn't go in going, well, in my book, which you'll learn about when you buy it on Amazon, or well, in my program, which you'll learn about once you work with me, they're just like, here's everything that I can share. And I'm going to trust that, yes, I'm learning the skill. Yes, I'm doing my best, not just showing up willy nilly. And there's a like co-creation of something happening here where I am not an evil dictator saying by nature of me going on your podcast, I am going to force people to work with me and I'm going to get all wrapped around the axle when that doesn't happen. I am here to create for the long term and I get to, I get to trust and I get to tweak and I get to know that no matter what happens as a result of anybody new hearing this conversation, I have the gift of you creating this asset for me that is algorithm proof. It's going to live online forever and that I can use in innumerable ways. So obviously this is a little bit of my soapbox in answer to your question of who do we help? But I think that there's, I think maybe people just haven't caught up to this industry and this way of doing things in the way that they have maybe in other other outreach or client attraction methods. Does that make sense? It, it does. And I have had people reaching out to me online and this isn't one of those sorts of oh apocryphal stories. This is genuine. I ended up writing about it because it happened a few times where people reached out and responding to some of my content, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's hundreds of people, a couple of people (laughs) that really are saying that they felt like they were on this content burnout treadmill and that's all they were doing. And they want to do their business, but they're trying to be, they're trying to do live streaming. They're trying to do podcasting. They're trying to do shorts and Instagram reels and box and all this stuff and creating content for all these platforms. And they're really struggling. And feeling that they can't keep on top of it. No wonder, no wonder you feel that you can't. When you say about something like utilizing this format for creating content, how are you doing that? We said we wanted, I said we wanted to swing back to this. Yeah. So how, how are you, how are you creating content from your appearances on, on other shows? Mm, okay. So in practicality, here's one way that you could walk it through. that episode comes out you can use a transcription software like otter not an affiliate for otter it's what i use they have a free plan and it will transcribe your words 
like 99% accuracy is what I found. So this conversation that you and I have, Otter will make a transcript of it. And then if I can get past my own resistance that most people seem to have to repurposing, I just want to call that out. Again, you're not alone. Then you can sit with this transcript and you can create all different kinds of posts. So just to keep it very, very simple, like no extra tech or anything required, copy and paste short form posts, long form posts, whatever it is, value posts, call to action posts, whatever it is that you normally would create for wherever you're active. I'm talking about text, right? Because we're assuming here that we don't have the video. We don't have like, we're assuming the most basic. Then I can post those and I can tag you and reference at the end. This is an excerpt from a conversation I had with John on Podfluence, right? Link to the full episode in the first comment. Now, that has two bit well many benefits number one i have a piece of content i didn't have to create from scratch because that blank google doc cursor blinking at me is like fight or flight situation for my nervous system (laughs) number two i am furthering the relationship with you because i'm saying like this is a valuable conversation You can hear the whole thing over here, still driving people back to you. I'm sharing my stuff. Number three, it's a huge credibility boost and authority boost to my audience, right? So where most people only think about getting in front of the host's audience, OPA, right? Other people's audiences. I'm thinking, wow, you know what? There are a lot of different ways that I can use this conversation to warm up the people who are already following me and somewhere in the buyer's journey, they might need this piece of content. They might need to see that I get on podcasts. They might need to, you know, whatever. And you could do that for a whole month. I was talking to a host. She said somebody who does essentially the same thing as her came on her podcast, big podcast. And for a month, this woman found ways to shout her out and tag her and talk about what she learned on the podcast and reference the things that they had said. And and this is somebody who could have been perceived as like, I'm not doing that because we're competitors and they might go hire that host, right? Instead, she made herself so memorable to that host that that host could tell me, like, I know exactly who that person is. She's the only one who's ever done that. Like, I was so impressed, right? And all of the things that are going to come from that relationship being different. And I mean, that woman just made her life a whole lot easier, right? Because all she did was talk about this one thing that she did for a whole month, right? So ripple effects. Yeah, amazing. And it it just says, I mean, that's not a complicated way of doing this. That is fairly straightforward. And I do feel, you know, as as a podcaster, I'm not the best at doing my own promotion. Um, None of us are. No, no. Uh, But it's something that we, we all try and hopefully get better at. And uh, no much like I'm saying about coaches want to coach, podcasters want to podcast. Mm-hmm. But then there's all the promotion stuff that comes with it and, and things like that. But if you do get that, all that stuff figured out, um, as somebody who's going on shows, if you're going on shows that have got their promotions figured out, you are going to get not just like exposure when the episode comes out, but probably repeated content actually links sent to you that you can share on on your social media stuff that's done for you and other people introducing you because one of the as a public speaker i learned very early on that if you're going to be introduced for a speech a presentation you don't want to do the introduction yourself you do you do kind of want to give you do kind of want to give a, a rough introduction to the person who is going to be introducing you but it has more gravitas. It has more impact to have somebody else introducing you. Much as you know, if you were if you're starring in a, a play and you wanted people to go and see it, it has more impact if other people are talking about it rather than yeah, come and see the play that I'm in. It's just one of those things. It's like is that level of distance apart. It's like well, you're not directly invested in necessarily having to do this. So having somebody else who is effectively promoting you. And you're not having to pay them for that. That is huge. That is a huge thing. Yes. It's really, really, really important. 
I, I wonder for you what what whether you thought it was essential to have your own podcast or whether it was just something like, no, this is fun. I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'll be totally transparent about this. So this has been such a organic, as they say, like way that all of this has come about. None of it wasn't planned for Christine's business to help people with podcast guesting. In fact, there was a lot of kicking and screaming and involved that was created by imposter syndrome. So about three and a half years ago, so maybe six months before the pandemic, eight months before the pandemic, I was starting to play with this idea of having my own podcast. So I'd gone on all these podcasts. I've been doing it for three years, like intensely and starting to teach it for free. So people would notice and they would be like, okay, you seem to be doing this thing with guesting differently. Will you come teach my, my people? I was helping people quit their jobs still, right? So early business coaching, right? Early stage business coaching. And I was like, sure, I'll teach it for free, but I have this other business over here. I don't have anything to sell. You know, I'll just come in and I guess I'll make a presentation. And this is when we started looking at like the numbers of, okay, how, who found us and how much did they invest with me and what podcast did that come from and how much can we track? And I just, I had never done it. I was just like, keep doing the thing, keep doing the thing, keep doing the thing. And then I, I thought, well, you know what? It would be fun to speak about this. And so I applied to speak at PodFest and I got accepted. And I was like, it would be a good idea to have a podcast when I go speak at a podcasting conference, Christine. Like legit. So what I had been doing is I had this idea that I would do these Facebook live interviews with folks and I would, I would put them in the, in, the, in the vault and I would keep them until I was ready to release the podcast when I figure out how I want to release the podcast. And then I got this speaking engagement and I was like, how fast can we get it out before PodFest? So I could say at PodFest that I have a podcast. And so that was the impetus. And that was literally the week that everything shut down was, was PodFest. We were home for one day before, because I remember my kid had one day of her new preschool that I was so excited. We get back from PodFest. She starts preschool. Have all this extra time. That lasted one freaking day. And then we got the call. We're shutting down, it, you know, interminably <laughs> in the world. And so the, for me, the podcast was very much at that time a I'm going to be a contributor in this industry that has done so much for me, sharing these inspiring conversations. It was not at all an intentional like business building thing. It was a passion project. And all these years later, we're, we just rebranded again. This is a theme, Christine. I should really get the note again for me to speak at PodFest. Like we rebranded the week before I spoke or the week I spoke. And we're just now starting to play with like, okay, now it's really aligned to our business. Let's see what we can do with it. It only makes sense, right? For a long time, it was just guesting in terms of strategy. Yeah. I have listened to a number of episodes of your show. I am subscribed to it. I, I do enjoy it as a show. And, and you host the show with your business partner as well. And so it's nice. The interactions between the two of you, it feels it feels like you're coming into a friendly room. <laughs> that's, that's how it feels like when you're tuning in to listen to it. Like you, you guys clearly have a lot of love for each other. And that spreads over into, into the audience. It's, like, it's nice. It's nice to have that energy that you you come into it in. And I think for me, that's a huge part of the the whole thing. Guesting, hosting, or pretty much anything you do about the energy that you show up in. And and being in a good as good as you can manage, a good emotional state and being willing to turn up the dials a little bit, because after all, this is media. This is media. We have to turn things up a little bit because what we might think of as being an excited or emotional level might on audio or video come across as monotone or unanimated and <laughs> very different. It, it's really essential. And, and, and you do that. You, you show up with great energy. And I think that's important. Were you, are you aware of that or is that something you actually worked on? Both. So, and I love that you call that out. I love that. 
So thank you. And I and I also, in listening to your podcast, have heard you speak about what do you need to do to prepare yourself, right? I mean, th- there are times when I just got some really bad news before I need to go live, right? And it's like this intentional, or I was telling you before we hit record, I've been really sick for a week and a half, like really <laughs> sick with this flu situation. And, and you know what? It's like, I am moving. Like you talk about, I'm moving my body. I'm listening to a song that makes me happy. I'm dancing around. I'm getting excited because I know that I already like you because I did my homework and I can listen to some additional episodes and get some context. It's, it's super important. And also I want to say you do not have to be like real spunky or whatever word you would ascribe to me, right? You can be calm and grounded and, you know, the 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 foil to somebody like me who's like, right? And and the most important thing is that, well, you say it, it's it's presence, right? Yeah. It's your first, it's your first P. Episode 159, I think it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, honestly, like just in case anybody, I'll, I'll call this out. There's a little bit of like, oh, I don't, maybe even imposter syndrome for me as much as I've done this as I was getting ready for this interview because I was like, he talks about podcast guesting a lot. Normally when I go on a podcast, people are like, I've never, never talked, never thought about this, you know, never talked to somebody who does what you do, whatever. And that might seem really weird to you if you're listening to this and you're in podcasting, you're like, I've heard a lot about them so far, right? But you talk about this like with a lot of frequency and you interview other people who help people guest. And so last night I was, you know, looking and I'm getting ready and I'm like, I don't know if I have anything to say. That voice came in and this is my entire business, right? Like I've been doing this for a long time. And so I just want to normalize that because what I think you do really beautifully, John, is you're like, look, everybody has their own take. I just want to have a conversation and see where it goes, right? And it's not a perception of competition, because maybe because we both help people with podcast guesting. It's just like, let's talk about what what we both have experienced. And I think that that's really important. And that was part of my process for getting ready to come today and just show up and, and give, right? And be like present yeah. with my energy. But that's cool. And I know I, I do generally, I, a lot of people who, who I have spoken to, especially over, over recent times, are able to help people. In fact, people like Jason Sircone, who who are actively helping mm-hmm. people with podcast guesting. And like, people say, well, you know, why, why would you bring on people who are doing what you're doing? It's like, well, we're not doing the same thing. We, are, we have different approaches. We're focusing on different areas. I have a, perhaps a slight, slightly different target audience as well. And I'm more focused on the, on the presence, on the presentation skills stuff. And at a particular a particular side of things, maybe more the sort of psychology and public speaking presentation side of things, which is a natural evolution for me. But that's going to be different to to you, and that you will get you will get different things from each of us. And you may find that there are things that you need more from one than from another. You are not going to get exactly the same product or coaching there may be things that you will hear commonly said and those are the things that you definitely want to make sure you're paying attention to (laughs) right but there's going to be things that maybe we don't all share or or have in our arsenal of what we teach and how we teach it and and that's why as i for me it's never really a competition it's it's collaboration because there's so much ability like we can talk as professionals who do at least in a similar area, but working on it in different ways. Like you have a, you have an agency, you're helping high ticket you know, b- business owners who are looking to get on podcasts and you're working very specifically with people who have a set of values that you want to work with. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's going to mean we will ultimately end up with different clients anyway, <laughs> but you still have stuff to learn from it. So, so I mean, that, that's been my approach with this. And I, I knew that there, there was going to be gold in our conversation today which which there has been which there absolutely has been and uh, i mean for for the show you say you had you had a rebrand and and it was speaking at speaking at the pod first thank you i should know that i'm speaking at it soon as well i'm gonna have to edit that out (laughs) 
I, I'm going to be speaking at Pod, Podfest Global soon as well, awesome. which which is great. Yeah, very very much looking forward to that. But for people who want to check out your show, what will what will they get from that that might be different to coming and listening to Podfluence? Ooh, that's a great question. Very complimentary. Yeah, I was listening to your episode with Jason as well, who you just mentioned. You know, so my COO, Nicole, and I, we do episodes together where we're speaking about what what we're doing behind the scenes to help our clients and the questions that we get asked most often and the problems that people have the most often when it comes to podcast guesting. So you get a lot of that real talk. And then I'm speaking with people who are business owners using it for their own businesses. John's going to be a future guest. So as of the time of this recording. So, I mean, if that wasn't reason enough for you to come over and check it out, I don't know what would be. But essentially, we want to show that that this is for a wide spectrum of people. And also, we want to make it very, very approachable, no matter what stage of business that you're in. You really can use this for benefit, right? And we're really just focused on the guesting side. So you can come and learn here about like all kinds of things, podcasting, right? John and his guests are teaching you. I love that approach about like how to treat it like a hobby. I was thinking about that last night as I'm, you know, adding on the marketing piece of growing my own podcast. I was like, man, how, how many rabbit holes do I gladly go down on Google for my hobbies? What if I just played with it in that same way, for instance? So again, a long answer, but what you're going to find over there is John on the other side of the mic. Hello. And I love to interview people and ask unusual questions. And then a lot of, of specific strategies around podcast guesting, no matter what your, your business is. Well, I will continue to listen in because I've already picked up a number of valuable insights and tips from your show. Mm. And, and also it's, it's fun to listen to. And I've enjoyed seeing some of the evolution with your show as, as well, having been listening for, for a couple of months now. And, and certainly I'm looking forward to being a guest on, on your shows in the future and having the tables turned. There's going to be interesting to see what how that experience compares to, compares to this one as well. I will look forward to that very much. Christine, I, I think you've given us so much gold today. For those who want to find out more about you everything everything we talked about is going to be linked in the show notes and that's the place to go and look and and go and check out go and check out christine's podcast check out her linkedin profile she's an amazing person what is the one thing you would most like people to do after having listened to us today i think it is continue the conversation and come over to my podcast as well. Add my podcast to what you're already learning. If you haven't already, of course, followed Podfluence. What are you doing? This is your chance. Get that dopamine hit of pushing the plus sign or the follow button. And then just head right on over to Podcast Guesting for Profit and do the same thing and hang out with the both of us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was I was a little bit jealous when I saw your rebrand of your show and I thought, oh, that's such a good podcast name. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, that that exactly says what 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 it is you do, what you're about. It's is good SEO and all that sort of thing. I'm thinking, yeah, Christine, you've really you've really knocked that one out of the park. Good job. Wonderful, wonderful advice. Let me just finish with one question, if I may. What do you feel is your your biggest skill, your greatest skill and asset in terms of influence and persuasion? Mm, It's a great question. And I'll just say the reason that maybe we have something dialed in now is because my previous name of my podcast made zero sense. No one could find it. It was a clever name that did nothing for my business, right? So we're trying to correct that. (laughs) So you live and you learn, but I was doing it anyway. It's true. Right? It's true. I do um, think that about your previous name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's cute and very, very confusing. So with that in mind, I think that I think that it is this theme of authenticity. So I can remember one of my 
friends in high school, her mom saying something about how it was super genuine. And at the time, I was like the nice kid. I like, you know, didn't have dates. I was like, everybody liked me. It was like the guy I had a crush on told me, oh, you know, you're going to be a you're going to be a great wife one day. Like you might not be a great girlfriend, but you're going to be a great wife. And I'm like, that is like, I don't, I'm 16. I'm a wife, I'm a girlfriend, you know? But I think the thing that's always been true is that I've been who, who I, who I was. And that is what I've worked to do too. And what I help people give themselves permission to be right. And of course that comes with like strategy and messaging and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, you have this mission for a reason because that's who you are. How do we help you bring all of you, if you will, to to these podcasts and, you know, create create more goodness for the world, as cheesy as that might sound. I, I believe in that new paradigm of doing business. Like, yeah. You know, that's that's why I'm here. I, I think there's a, there's a lot of power in that and in terms of anyone anyone who relates to that in any kind of way, shape and form is going to be able to get behind that and, and feel connected to it, I think, as well, which is what makes that important. It's a great answer. And we've had lots of great answers from you today. And I really want to give you the biggest thank you for coming and being a guest on the show. It's been a delight. I, I would happily keep talking to you for hours more. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have to, well, we'll get to speak when I come on your show. We'll have to have you back on Podfluence again in the future because it has been enlightening and incredibly valuable for everybody. Christine, thank you for coming on Podfluence. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed the show. And at this point, you should now have a better idea of whether podcast guesting could be the right strategy for growing your business. You have some ideas also on how to make podcast guesting work for your own content creation and how different it looks when a guest really shows up from a place of service and preparation. Christine's podcast is called Podcast Guesting for Profit, which I can highly recommend checking out. I'm really sad that I didn't get to that name first. Christine has a free offer for everyone here, which shows you 20 ways you can monetize one podcast interview. You'll find the link in the show notes, and I know Christine would love it if you connect with her on LinkedIn as well. Now, if you want to become a top 1% podcast guest and have some serious podfluence, download my free ebook now so you can start building authority, following, and profit from podcast guesting in less than an hour. All you have to do is find the link and click on it in the show notes. That's it from Podfluence for this week. We'll be back very soon with another episode for you. In the meantime, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make good things happen.